I'm Johnny Judley, the therapist in my pocket. I'm a spiritual seeker on a journey and an adventure. And I'm also a psychotherapist here in the UK. So I talk about spiritual things from the perspective of an awakening woman who happens to have a psychotherapist in her pocket. And I talk and share with spiritual seekers all over the world. I was also recently invited to write a book for Welbeck entitled You Can Remember Who You Were Before Life Made You Forget. It's available worldwide on Amazon and in large bookstores all over the world. If you find you enjoy my work, why not check it out? For now, welcome. It's so lovely to have your company here. Let's walk along together for a little while and share some thoughts together on our journey home. I'm going to invite you to have a think with me about a term I hear lots of us use, usually about ourselves in relation to a degree of sensitivity we carry. We talk about picking up everyone else's energy, of everyone walking right through us. We often say we feel quite helpless in the face of it. The term we often use to describe ourselves is empath, and the internet and bookstores are full of advice about how to manage this sensitivity to others' energy and emotions in a world full of what those same givers of advice tend to call toxic people or even energy vampires. It's incredibly hard work being an empath, isn't it? Getting it all, feeling it all, absorbing it all picking up the pain of a stranger so deeply as they walk by that your entire body hurts, feeling dizzy and sick in a crowd or cafe from the energy coming your way. For several years, one of the most important tasks I had was to help young therapists in training to use their empathic skills differently, to build empathic muscle and emotional resilience to transform a liability into a strength. I thought it might be helpful to share some of the key secrets here. So, first, here's the bad news. It's where we have to start. It's going to be a shock to some, but we need to begin at the beginning. Empaths, or those who call themselves empaths, are not empathising at all. They are actually identifying. I repeat, empaths are not empathising, they are identifying. To explain what I mean, imagine you have someone drowning out in the middle of a lake. If you're identifying, you're so overcome by what it would be like if you were the person drowning, 
that before you know it, you've jumped in too, even though you can't swim, and now there are two people drowning instead of one. If you're a tuned-in, canny empath with muscle, you're observing what's going on with enormous understanding and compassion. You feel the other's fear and panic. You hold it inside you long enough to transmute it through the sheer power of loving intention. And you breathe out calm and your belief and knowledge and strength, showing this person that they can swim. You don't jump in, you stay on the shore, talking them through, hearing, noticing, showing you get it, making sure they know they're not alone, and that these feelings threatening to drown them can be survived. There's nothing new or magical about this. It's what tuned-in mothers and fathers do for their babies all the time. Watch carefully and you'll see it happening. You'll see a baby fraught with fear or rage or frustration become miraculously soothed because a parent is showing that these feelings can be survived and managed. What's actually happening is the parent takes those feelings into their own body, holds them a while, processes them, and then gives them back to the baby in a processed and manageable form. And this is the crucial bit for us to understand if we are going to become true empaths rather than identifiers. Empaths who can make a difference. See, those of us who grew up learning to be empaths who don't know how to process feelings, that is, identifiers, usually grew up with either an over-anxious parent who couldn't manage their own feelings very well, or a pretty shut-down parent who could give us little or no help in managing our own feelings because they simply didn't know how to manage theirs. In the first case that of an over-anxious parent, we were required as children to become what is called, in my theoretical background, a container for that parent, because that parent could not act as a container for themselves. We're not talking blame here, just cause and effect. If you can't contain your own feelings you look for someone else to contain them for you. In this case, your child. You. Me. Trouble is, a child doesn't have the resources to be a container for someone else's feelings because a child only learns how to contain their own feelings when a parent capable of managing their own feelings shows them how. You see how complicated this is getting. In the second scenario, a parent who is emotionally shut down, the child 
has a parent who is also unable to show a child how to contain their feelings. Instead of knowing how to do this themselves, they have discovered what seems like a safe alternative, which is to push them all away, out of sight, and shut down. This is called splitting. Psychically, we split off our unwanted and unacknowledged feelings unconsciously and put them into someone else. Typically, these two parents often show up together so that we have one parent who is emotionally overflowing and another who is emotionally shut down. Remember, we're not allocating any blame here. These parents are the way they are because of the parenting they themselves received, which clearly also gave little help with how to manage feelings. So now, back to the child. Without help to either contain or process feelings, which are pretty big and frightening things to a child, this child is now exposed to feelings and images in the raw. Wild feelings, if you like, with no help to know how to tame them. As the child develops, feelings remain frightening, a threat rather than a friend, an attacker in the body, causing sensations that are frightening rather than an ally. Feelings and images continue to hold quite nightmarish proportions and we have a fearful relationship with them, particularly those we receive from other people. Instead of welcoming feeling as helpful information, we dread what feelings appear to do to us. We dread the physical sensation of a feeling in our body. We don't know how to receive and then process what is filling our senses. We are the ones who end up feeling like we're drowning. So, the big question, what do we do instead? Here are my own thoughts on that. They are just my thoughts, and I make no claim that they are anything more than thoughts. Still, I hope they maybe have some use. Supposing we were to do the following. Supposing we began to process and transmute the energy we receive as feelings, rather than merely to absorb it. I would suggest that what the world needs, and I'm talking spiritually here now, as well as emotionally and psychically, is not more empaths, but more transmuters. I'm talking lightworker talk here. We know, many of us, that everything is light, and that we are beings of light. We know that the only difference between one expression or manifestation of light and another is the frequency at which it vibrates. 
Feelings are light energy, vibrating. When we absorb, temporarily hold, and process, and then re-release energy, which has been soothed by our attention and our empathic understanding, we change that energy's vibration. And once you've discovered how to bring calm attention to another's out-of-control vibration, you can become amazingly effective at transmuting energy in that way. It's what tuned-in parents do, and what skillful therapists do, and it's what empaths who have developed muscle do as they become light workers. So, suppose we were to become what we were meant to be, what we came here to be, light workers who transmute light vibrationally, who can take light that is vibrating at a low frequency and transmute it into energy vibrating at the highest frequency possible, that of love. Exactly like the parent I described earlier, soothing a distressed baby. We might not put it in those terms always, but that is what a light worker does. A light worker is an empath with muscle. In practice, that means we'd cease going around absorbing everyone's unwanted emotion, and instead we'd start going round learning to tell what's ours and what is not, and releasing what isn't ours with enormous love and understanding and compassion, with true empathy to the universe. We would get smart. We would get knowing. We would become aware. We'd start noticing that feelings that belong to others have a different quality, bring shock and heat and are sudden, and that we can become practised at knowing the difference between those and what belongs to us. We'd stop feeling fearful and start feeling loving instead, radiating outward such love and compassion that any low vibrational energy with which we come into contact can't fail to be transmuted into that same frequency of love. Can you see what that could do? Can you catch the excitement of that? Can you see it? Can you see how a planet where loving souls were consciously transmuting energy they received that others couldn't deal with, but which they did know how to deal with, could become transformed. We would no longer do it by accident, a bit hit and miss. We would do it consciously, with awareness, with purpose. And through that, we would bring enormous power to this planet, and we would keep the flow going. This is the true gift of an empath who has been transformed from an identifier 
into a light worker. We've served our apprenticeships. Now, let's show the world what we are made of. You've been listening to Janny Judley, the therapist in my pocket. I'm a spiritual seeker on a journey and an adventure, and I'm also a psychotherapist here in the UK. So I talk about spiritual things from the perspective of an awakening woman who happens to have a psychotherapist in her pocket, and I talk and share with spiritual seekers all over the world. You can get to know me better on my Instagram page at Janny Judley. You can also learn far more about me and connect with me directly on my website, thetherapistinmypocket.uk. You can get in touch directly on my Instagram page or via my website. And if you'd like to check out my book, you can remember who you were before life made you forget. You'll find it on Amazon and in all major bookstores worldwide. I'm told it's life-changing. For now, thank you for your company and for showing up. I look forward to talking with you soon. We're all in this together, just walking each other home. Big love.